This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps people find and follow their bliss. Today's show, we have an entire program dedicated to finding grace and peace of mind. Joining us is Jamie Sable, a psychotherapist with nearly a decade of experience providing counseling and consulting in the healthcare and weight loss industry. She also specializes in stress and anxiety, depression, couples-related issues, substance abuse, eating disorders, and much more. Also on the program, a Finding Your Bliss regular, Josh Cohn. Josh is a lawyer and yoga and meditation instructor who teaches meditation in the 889 teacher training program and drop-in classes on Sundays at Downward Dog. But first, let me introduce you to our first guest, Jamie Sable. Jamie Sable is a psychotherapist and organizational industrial consultant with nearly a decade of experience providing counseling and consulting in the healthcare and weight loss industry. She works in a variety of areas, including stress, anxiety, depression, couples-related issues, communication and conflict resolution, blended families, alcohol and substance abuse, eating disorders, infertility IVF, and weight management. She holds a master's degree in counseling and organizational industrial psychology, and she began working in the field of mental health in 2002. Jamie Sable is also a registered member of the College of Registered Psychotherapists of Ontario, a fellow of Massey College, and a published author in the Individual Journal of Psychology. Her website is www.saibiltlc.com. So it's www.sabletlc, TLC for Tender Loving Care. Dot com. And we'll repeat this as well at the end of the program and at the end of the interview. Jamie, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much for having me. We're so delighted to have you on season two of Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I think when I first thought about having you on the show as a therapist, we were living in a very different world. The world has changed dramatically. And I'm wondering, first of all, what is your take on all of this as a therapist on COVID-19? So, I mean, this is my own personal take. It's, it's obviously a very challenging time uh, that we're all experiencing right now. And there's tons of, of fear and uncertainty. Um, and I think as a result, there's a lot of uh, mental health issues that are on the rise, whether it be stress, anxiety, uh, depression, uh, panic, etc. Uh, we're cooped up in our houses for so long. So now you're also going to start to see conflict within the home. Um, so, you know, I, I think for me, my, my role here and my experience is to be able to offer people all the resources, tools, and skills to be able to manage um, their mental health in this particular uh, challenging time that we're going through right now. Therapists must be having a difficult time. You're 
probably used to being in, you know, a, a setting where you're, you're on a chair or a couch and, and the, your, your patient is facing you. And now there's all this technology that you have to learn. How are you able to see patients now? So uh, it's interesting because I thought it was going to be, um, I, I, my preference is for in person. I find there's so much communication that can exist uh, when you're physically across the space from somebody. Um, but I was actually pleasantly surprised by moving to, um, I've been either doing sessions over the phone, um, via Skype or, or FaceTime as well. There's a, a variety of different modalities, but I find it actually, it's, it's still been able to be quite successful and people are still finding that they're getting the support that they need and the tools and the skills that they need to manage through this time effectively. So the end, you know, the end result is still the same. So I, I've been actually pleasantly surprised at the transition and the effectiveness of using a different modality for therapy. Are you noticing, Jamie, um, in terms of how your therapy practice has changed since the COVID pandemic, are you noticing the same kinds of things coming up more often? Like what are the areas that you're addressing the most uh, frequently? Yeah, so I, I think there's definitely been a surge of stress and anxiety. Um, you know, we have in our regular day-to-day lives, you know, if you imagine sort of a, a cup full of stress and now with, you know, COVID-19, now you've just poured in more on top of that cup that was already full um, and now it sort of becomes an overload and it becomes overwhelming and that's where it turns into uh, anxiety, right? So the basis of anxiety is an experience of feeling overwhelmed and out of control. And when you put in COVID-19, that's exactly what's happening. You put in an external situation in which there's so much uncertainty and so many elements out of our control um, that it's just exacerbating stress and anxiety for people. One of the things I keep hearing from people is that there's a surreal nature to all of this that's a little bit disorienting. As Deepak Chopra noted, we almost went to sleep in one world and we woke up in another world. How do you address that feeling that people are experiencing of just this unreal, like, is this a bad movie? Like, what is happening to our world as we knew it just very recently? It's almost been turned upside down. What are some coping tips just on the very nature of the unreality of all of it? Mm-hmm. It is it is quite surreal for a lot of people, right? And, and it makes sense that, that people are experiencing um, that sort of sense of surrealness and discomfort and disorientation, I think is the, is the best word, right? Because it's not what we're used to. We, you know, we get into a routine in our day-to-day lives. We get up, we go to work, we get the kids ready, you know, we come home, we make dinner, we help with homework, kids to bed, spend time with our family and friends. Um, and so that becomes sort of the normal routine. And so now with this situation, the routine is sort of gone to the wayside. Mm -hmm. But there's certainly things that we can do to maintain some semblance of a routine, right? Like there's tons of discussion around keeping, keeping the structure of your routine, getting up at the same time of the day, having your meals at the same time, um, making sure that you are going to bed at the same time. And, you know, within that time frame. You know, if you're able to work from home, that's great. But there are certain um, techniques that we can implement to kind of reduce that stress and create a sense of um, control uh, and calm within our day-to-day environment. And so things like, you know, physical activity, 
first and foremost, is the most important. Um, you know, physical activity we know increases serotonin, which is the neurotransmitter that contributes to feelings of happiness. Um, it stimulates the endorphins, right, that elicit feelings of happiness and relaxation. You know, we talk about that runner's high. Um, you know, it contributes to enhancement of dopamine, right, which is that neurotransmitter enhancing motivation, focus, and attention. Um, you know, we talk about sleep and how important sleep is. And so many clients are coming to me and saying, you know, they're having difficulty sleeping because they're worried. So they're having difficulty either falling asleep or staying asleep. And so having some physical activity can improve the quality of, of your sleep. Um, and the physical activity also enhances your sense of self-confidence, right? Physical activity is so important. What about meditation? Um, there are different types of meditation. There is guided meditation. There's a couple, there's so many different apps that you can download, but a couple of them that I really like is um, one that I use in particular is called Calm. And it's free. You can download it on your phone. Um, and then you just sit back and you listen. And I think um, because anxiety is an experience where we're living so much in the future, uh, and the uncertainty of the future. And meditation is really the focus and the practice of being in the present here and now. And so the more that we can sort of turn off the future or turn down that sort of volume of the future and turn down the volume of the past, we can get centered into the here and now, um, which is where we are, right? So meditation is a great technique. Do you believe in doing this every day, Jamie? Do you think people should try to do it every day for a couple of minutes a day? Yeah, I think that the, the piece that people want to be mindful of is that we're not looking for perfection here because so often clients will say to me, oh, you know, I find myself drifting or I can't sit still. Um, you know, we're, we're looking for progress, not perfection here. I think that's the motto. And as long as you're, you're doing it, that's okay. That's the measure of success. Earlier in the online green room, I love that you told me you've taken over a room in your house that overlooks your backyard. Can you describe what you see when you look out that window? Oh, it's magical. It's interesting. So I have these big trees in my backyard and while it's it's quite a magical kingdom in the fall time, I can just start to see, you know, the buds on the trees right now. And, you know, when I I take my I take my two year old out and mm. I say, look the the leaves are are dancing to the music of the wind, right? And the leaves are and that's what they're doing to me. They're they're dancing, right? That's what they're doing. They're dancing to the music Aww. of the wind. So I think it's being present and seeing, you know, taking in what's what's all around you, right? Isn't it also so much about being grateful for what is like, of course, there's a lot of things that are out of place right now, but really looking at your family, your children, your mate, your friends, your, your just whatever is good and whatever is still working. I, I read a meme at the beginning of all of this that you can still uh, listen to music and you can still sing and you can still be grateful and, uh, you know, love your loved ones. And there's a lot of things that you still have control over. Is that part of this as well as reminding people what they do have control over? 
That's right. If you're a visual person, you can imagine a bullseye is, you know, inside the bullseye is all the things that, you know, you can control within your environment. You know, I am someone who's, you know, somewhat introverted. So the things that I love are, you know, reading and writing and working out and singing and dancing and cooking. So all these things are things that I can still do. And thankfully, I'm still able to work and you know, now I have this opportunity to spend more time with my kids. And only within the last week, I've like gotten on my bicycle and I'm taking rides, you know, with the kids. And then, you know, one day I thought, well, I'm just going to take a bike ride by myself. And it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And as you and I were talking earlier, we talked about, you know, actually connecting more with people because we have the time now we have that time and space i sat and you know went for a walk while i spoke to a girlfriend for about 45 minutes who lives in california and you know we don't get to get caught up and now i have a, a you know a bi-weekly chat with two of my best friends you know one lives in new york and one's in in utah and we were speaking now more than we ever did right so fantastic. Um, I also think for a lot of people, part of the problem is just processing all of this. And it's a lot to process. Is that coming up for you with your patients? And how do you help other people digest what's happened and how they can move forward? Mm-hmm. So that's a really great question. So this is where, um, you know, the value and the importance of uh, counseling comes into play. So, uh, you know, now more than ever, I think people need um, that individual support. Um, and there's tons of different resources. You can go on to, um, there's a variety of different websites, but one very common one is called Psychology Today. And all you do is you just type in um, your geographic location or your postal code, and you're going to get a list of different um, counseling practitioners and you're going to get a bio with a picture that you can see, you know, would you connect with them? Um, And what a lot of therapists do is they'll offer a sort of complimentary uh, consultation. So you can just call them and speak to them for about 15, 20 minutes just to get a sense of their personality and see if it would be, that person would be a fit for you. Right. Um, So I think now's the time where people could really use that extra um, support of of a therapist or counselor and really get that one-on-one support that they need. That's great. So let's talk about couples because we've talked about individuals and you mentioned as well before this interview that couples are really struggling. And my first thought, and I guess because I'm a positive person, was, wow, this could be a wonderful opportunity for couples to reconnect as they have more time together. Can you describe how you're helping couples utilize this time to become more intimate and more connected? Mm -hmm. So I I think what's happening right now with with couples is that part of it is you're in a confined space. So I I think you put in any, you know, two people together in a confined space for an extended period of time, you're going to get on each other's nerves um, because you both have your own individual experiences and stresses and fears. So in, at the individual level, your stress is already elevated, right? So you're sort of more emotionally compromised than you would be. So the things that maybe, you know, you would have let go before are little things might irritate you. So there's a little bit more conflict that's happening. Um, And what's also starting to happen is that things that maybe weren't working well or where there was disconnection before and 
work and busy schedules allowed for time to just pass and for them to sort of coexist together, uh, that's not happening anymore. So you're sort of taking away sort of a cover. And so those issues that that people are really experiencing, but we're sort of ignoring are now coming to the surface. And so where, where counseling is, is really helpful is really being able to take a deep dive into what are those issues that, that people are experiencing underneath this particular issue and sort of healing through those and not covering them up anymore. Absolutely. You also mentioned to me that in some cases, what happens is the couple is there and it really reveals that things are not as great as they should be. And you're having to deal with that as well. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. So as I said, I think what's, what I'm starting to see is couples who have avoided, which is a natural behavioral reaction. We sort of are, our basic principle as humans is to seek pleasure, avoid pain, right? So when there is conflict or disconnection, uh, people tend to, it's a very common response for people to avoid and sort of put it under the rug because if they have to face those issues, perhaps it's not going to work out. And so they don't want to come to that answer that potentially it may not work work out. And there's a real fear underneath that maybe it doesn't work out and this person is going to leave me. So I'm just going to keep quiet and I won't say anything and hopefully it'll just go away. And so I think there, all that stuff is bubbling to the surface. And um, now there is, as you said, for many, that opportunity to really get the proper support and tools and techniques that they need to get to the root of where that disconnection um, has happened and be able to heal through um, those wounds and be able to communicate um, and work through conflict in a healthier, more loving and respectful way. That's so cool. The The other thing that I, I keep hearing about it is Marion Williamson, uh, who wrote The Course of Miracles, talks about how there is a sadness and a grief and you can't sort of be Pollyanna about it. You have to be with it. So I'm wondering for people who are just sad about the state of the world right now and sad and worried for their loved ones and worried for the suffering that, of course, is existing all over the world. What do you say as a therapist in terms of how to deal with that grief and that sadness? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. I think there is a lot of uh, grief and sadness because we have lost so much, right? We've lost, we've lost jobs, we've lost people, we've lost our control, we've we've lost choice, and so much. Um, so there is a sense of loss and real grief, and I think we need to, um, you know, as she said, we need to experience it. We need to feel it. We need to not sort of cover our eyes or tuck it under the rug and push it away. We need to feel it. We need to experience it. I think I went to, I was watching a movie with, um, I think it was called Into the Wild with Harrison Ford and a dog. And I'm pretty sure I cried from about five minutes in until the end. (laughs) (laughs) I am so relating. I am so relating, Jamie, to what you just said, because last night my husband and I watched Little Women. And yes, it is pointing. And yes, there's lots of pathos. But I was bawling my eyes out. My kids are like, Mom, what's wrong? I know. I know. I was crying That's more right. than the movie warranted. So I That's totally right. relate. It to was definitely an over oh overreaction to a man and a dog for sure. So I think we have to feel it, right? Like if you imagine yourself, you know, when I'm talking to clients, and you know, I say, you imagine yourself on the platform of a train, and and you're seeing that train of grief come in. Let it come in. 
and watch it and let it come in and watch it and feel it and then let it go. And then you go on. I think that's just lovely. What are the three most important things for Jamie right now in terms of your bliss? Oh, three. Oh my goodness. I have to narrow it down to three. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so number one for me is, is family. You know, I've had this real opportunity to, to spend more time with my family, which is just wonderful, especially, you know, I have a, a little baby who I don't get to see very often. So it's been quite magical to be able to be with her. Um, you know, and, and also to be able to, you know, thank goodness to be able to do the work that I love to do and be in a position in which I can help and contribute and offer support to other people. So I think that's been really, um, you know, I'm really grateful for that. And then also being able to, you know, to practice that gratitude. So I have a a website that I post every single day, something that I'm grateful for. And, uh, it's called uh, Small Wonders That Change Everything. I love that. And I think it is a really good practice to put into play um, and does change the brain in terms of looking for the positive and being able to manage the negative when it comes because it's going to come, right? So it's about filling your arsenal with all good stuff so that it's just a little bit easier when the bad stuff comes. Well, I I have to say, I think your clients are very, very lucky to have you. How can people contact you directly, Jamie Sable? So the best way to contact me is through the website, as you said, www.sabletlc.com. And just spell that for us, Jamie, please. Sure. It is www.saib, B like banana, I like indigo, L like Larry, TLC, like tender loving care or total lifestyle change.com. <laughs> That's so fantastic. I want to thank you so much, Jamie, for being on Finding Your Bliss today. It's truly been a pleasure having you. And we hope that you'll come back again sometime. You're terrific. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Judy. Thank you, Jamie. When we come back, we will have more of Finding Your Bliss back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we are about to talk about meditation with one of our favorite return guests, Josh Cohn. Josh Cohn is a lawyer and a yoga and meditation instructor who finds meditation to be the most efficient way to calm his mind and center his attention in the present moment. I first met Josh in the 889 
yoga teacher training program where he taught meditation and has always, as well, done drop-in classes Sunday evenings at Downward Dog in Toronto. It's an honor once again to have Josh Cohn back on the program in this very new world that we're living in. Josh, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you, Judy. It's an honor to return, even under these unusual circumstances that we're in. Josh, what skills do we need to help us manage the fact that for many of us, COVID-19 has turned our world upside down? Well, uh, the first skill, I mean, the main skill is really to come back to the present moment. I think a lot of us run into trouble when we start to recognize or think about what we've lost, like our freedom, for example. And um, when we start to feel how we've lost these freedoms or how things have changed, maybe we've lost our income, our job, we develop resistance. And this is a natural reaction. But a meditator will experience the reaction and immediately identify it as a temporary and passing phenomenon and not something to identify with and develop and put uh, energy into the resistance of it. And so once we stop resisting what is and accept it, we're at peace. Even if the situation may not be what we desire, we're we're, uh, content enough with it not to generate any kind of suffering. People describe a sadness and a grief over the world that we once had. How does, you know, meditation and yoga deal with that? Well, meditation and yoga teach you that uh, everything is temporary and impermanent. And even though right now the world that we once had seems very distant, there's no reason to believe that it won't return at some point in time. So we look in the past and we've seen that there have been other pandemics where immense amount of lives have been lost. And yet life moved on and it uh, evolved and it continued to improve. And so we are fortunate now that we can stay connected, even if it's uh, virtually. And we have the technology to really uh, face this threat head on in the process of developing potential treatments and fast tracking vaccines. What's really heartwarming in all of this is how it's become a common enemy for all of us, for every nation. And so we have researchers around the world all collaborating and trying to find a, a way to overcome this and protect ourselves. Absolutely. We're in very different location now. Can you describe where you're doing this interview? Sure. Um, well, I'm in my living room and I've got my computer set up on a chair with a microphone and I'm staring <laughs> out into my backyard and I, I see a couple cardinals, which is always a nice sign that spring is here. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to actually get as much uh, light as I can. And um, one thing like when we are spending a lot of time indoors, like we've been asked to, is not to... Um, not to avoid or, or not to avoid sunlight. So in other words, um, we have to recognize how important it is to uh, stay connected to the natural world, even though we might be in uh, our dwellings. 
Josh, even on Zoom, a meditation class can be very powerful. Can you explain? Even though uh, we may not be in the same room and proximate to each other, um, just through the power of our voice and the message that it delivers, its cadence, its rhythms and tones and so forth, you can really help another person to um, come into the present moment to really embody their awareness and feel like for at least a brief moment in time that everything's okay. They're here and now and, and centered. How can people watch you online? Okay, well, it was actually the studio that arranged it through Zoom. They uh, were given a link, and just like how you gave me a link to connect with you right now. And through Zoom, they could see me and listen to me. They could mute themselves. They could turn off their video. So I would just see names. I wouldn't see like where they were in their house or anything like that. So it was really just an audio instruction with some visual cues uh, with the props and the different poses that I led them through. And it um, apparently is what's happening a lot nowadays. Like a lot of these studios are offering these online virtual classes. And people. It, one of the nice benefits to this also is it may help people to establish a home practice. So for a lot of people, it may have been that they would only practice by going to a studio. They wouldn't really unravel their yoga mat at home. And now they have this uh, practice and this experience of doing it such that uh, maybe even when the social distancing rules relax, they still might uh, continue their practice at home uh, and supplement to going to studios. So it's a nice thing to start doing is a self-practice. And I feel like my practice really evolved and, and um, got stronger when I started to practice at home and really made my practice my own. So I, I think like in our previous talks, we were discussing using apps or guided meditations for beginners, which are very useful and helpful. What are some tips for how to get started? So let's say I'm a listener and I'm saying, gee, I'd love to meditate, but I really don't know where to begin. I don't have a studio anymore that I can go and take meditation classes in. What's a great place for people to start right now? Well, you just said it. Start right now. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. It's almost like uh, society and this COVID threat has put us all on retreat. You know, whether we realize it or not, by staying home and, and not being able to uh, go about our normal day-to-day -day activities, we are basically um, on retreat. And when you are on retreat, you have ample amounts of time to observe yourself. Observe your thoughts, observe how you're feeling, observe what your body's telling you. And so we can formalize this self-observation by setting aside maybe five minutes or ten minutes to sit in your favorite chair or on the floor on, on a cushion or a couple blankets and begin to just observe your breath and try to center your attention in the present moment. But on a broader scale, we are doing this uh, self-observation whether we realize it or not. So um, we're observing how you know, we're getting restless, we're getting agitated, we're having sadness, we're having fear arise, um, we're missing our loved ones and so forth. And these are um, actually wonderful opportunities. They, they, these feelings and sensations and the situation we're in is a teacher for us to begin to observe um, how we... Uh, one, rely on connections, but two, how eventually we have to really fight our own battles. Um, in yoga, it's very much a, 
solitary practice. Um, you're with yourself, you're with your mind, you're with your body and its challenges. And, and it's the same with meditation. You are sitting there and you, we have to figure out what is making us tick and what is creating um, unpleasantness within us and what might be surfacing now that we don't have as much an opportunity to distract ourselves from how we've been conditioned from past experiences. So what I would suggest is, you know, use an app, use an online video um, to get started. But eventually, you know, just take time throughout the day to pause. And these are mini pauses of five or ten minutes to just sit and feel like you don't have to be doing anything. It's, it's, it's suspending the sense of, okay, what's next? Because we're always thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. And this opportunity to slow down and release ourselves from this burden of having to be productive is a real gift of this virus, whether we realize it or not. It's really going to transform ourselves moving forward the longer that the shutdown lasts. So to take these times to pause, because these small pauses will slowly start to become very um, pleasant. And we start to look forward to the opportunity to not feel like we need to be doing anything. And instead of seeing it as a uh, challenge, something that maybe we weren't good at, we start to recognize it as this is actually how we restore ourselves. And this is how I settle down and, and relax my body, relax my mind, and feel like I'm connected again to the present moment. Mm-hmm. And the more that you're able to connect with the present, the more you're going to be able to navigate all of these different challenges that life is going to throw to us. What would be the optimum time to start meditating every day? I think the morning is the, the primary time because we still haven't kicked into our personalities gears you know we're still in this somewhat formless state from waking up where we have the opportunity now to calibrate the way that our nervous system and the way the mind and body are communicating to each other for the rest of the day Um, so morning is is the most conducive time to it Um, but like you said evening is also a a nice time it's really these times of transition so uh, in morning we're transitioning from uh, sleep to wakefulness and also the day is shifting from darkness to light and then in the evening usually we're shifting from activity to rest and you know the light is starting to recede so it's nice to pause around sunrise and sunset to just uh, incorporate that change to calibrate to it such that uh, once the process of change has started to slow down now we can shift into the new phase of the day in a more uh, balanced and present way what are the greatest benefits of meditating well i think the greatest benefit of meditating is the sense of inner ease and inner peace and presence and when you are present and when you are calm and peaceful you are unafraid of challenges you mentioned to me also in the green room the online green room a little bit of vitamin c and vitamin d go a long way and the light is very very important you talk about sleep any other coping mechanisms that have been working for you that you recommend for people during this time well absolutely uh 
maintaining our social connections. So we are social creatures and the happiest countries are the ones that have the largest social networks, usually the Latin American uh, countries. And so one of the also benefits or gifts from this crisis has been, I have found, and I've seen from others, that we are we are calling our loved ones more. We're calling our friends. We're checking in on them. And we're having these uh, little Zoom meetings together or FaceTiming and so forth. You know, we're really not taking for granted that we have our, uh, our friends and our family. And so maintaining that, uh, not feeling like you have to be alone and not necessarily um, you know, absorbing your attention in Netflix or the news and so forth, taking a bit of a break of screen time um, to just to uh, maybe pick up a hobby as well. You know, do some journaling, some writing, learn a language, an instrument. These types of things can be really beneficial. Um, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to have like a little garden, you know, that's another thing that's going to start to mm. happen more and more as the days get longer and warmer. That's so great. I love that. I, I also love when you talk about this, this idea of surrender, that resistance in the form of worry and fear will only compound our suffering. We know that this too shall pass. But while we're in it, just accepting this new reality can also take away some of the fear and the distress. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's really the only way that it takes away the fear is, is just through full acceptance that this is beyond our control. And it's really humbling. And humbling, anything that humbles you is really helping you. Because it's reminding us that we are not immortal, that we're part of a larger system. And oftentimes the system is well beyond our control. What would you say are the best immune boosters? Well, I would say the best immune booster would be minimizing stress. So if you're someone who is worrying um, a lot about what's happening, you are impairing your immune system. So one of the best things you can do for your health is uh, let go of of. Uh, or not let go of needing to know what will happen and embrace uncertainty. And instead of trying to control what you cannot, start to take measures to control what you can do. And things we can do, like we talked about, is making sure that we're getting sufficient movement and exercise into our day, that we are eating whole foods that are seasonal in nature. We're trying to cut out um, refined carbohydrates. Um, vitamin C and vitamin D, like you mentioned, very, very important. So really boost those now if you haven't already. One of the most important things for not only our physical but also our mental health is aligning our sleep and wake cycles with the natural day and light cycles of nature. So if you're someone right now who is staying up till two, three in the morning, you know, watching TV or whatever it might be, and sleeping in until 11 or 12, you actually are throwing yourself off of nature from nature's uh, wisdom and, and its natural uh, cycle. Wow, that's incredible. That's so such great, great advice. What is bliss for Josh Cohn in this new normal that we are all living in? Well, bliss is the suspension of worrying about what will happen next or what has been lost in the past. It's the experience in the body and in the mind of being fully enmeshed in the present moment. It's a, a feeling of timelessness. It's a feeling of weightlessness. And it's, just, it's, it's really just pure consciousness. 
You know, it's almost like I have forgotten that I'm Josh, that I have this story. It's just this experience of being here and now. And it's something that I believe is our natural state, that it's very accessible. The moment that we let go of our persona, the moment that we let go of time, you know, the, the sense of what will happen later or what has happened, the past and the future. If we can relinquish that, just let it go for even a short period of time, you'll find that bliss is there waiting for you. That's lovely. I noticed you're doing some really cool things since COVID-19 began. Can you tell us what you're up to now that we're, again, going into month four of the pandemic, including the work you're doing using mindfulness for people struggling with addiction? Yeah, wonderful. Um, Well, one of the things I've been doing since COVID started is a lot of interviews and podcasts about mindfulness and meditation as people recognize its value and helping to cope with the uncertainty and the stress that the pandemic is creating. Um, I haven't begun yet, but soon I'll be volunteering with the Jewish Addiction Community Service to help people who are in recovery from substance abuse and addictions. It's a non-for-profit educational and outpatient addictions treatment organization located in Toronto. And what we'll be doing is holding half-hour daily Zoom meetings. I won't be doing it every day, but there'll be other leaders as well, facilitators. And to help people incorporate mindfulness and meditation in their uh, ongoing effort to keep their addiction at bay. That's fantastic. Oh, I look forward to that. I'd love you to come back on when that happens and tell us more about how that's going for you. Since COVID-19, I understand you're doing a lot more work as a lawyer these days, but you're also continuing with your Sunday meditation classes at Downward Dog. We talked in the green room before the show about the idea that meditation studios might spring up the way yoga studios did. And this is happening a lot in LA and in New York. Can you tell me a little bit more about this idea of meditation studios opening? Well, I mean, a meditation studio is essentially the same as a place of prayer or worship. So some sort of religious um, place where people gather, except the focus is going to be on simply learning how to meditate. And one of the helpful things when we're doing a meditation practice is to meditate with others. It's a lot more conducive to sit and practice with others than it is by yourself alone. When you're by yourself and alone, the mind really can take the liberty to wander and rationalize why you should get up and quit your practice. But when you're with a group of others and everybody's sitting and with the same intention, then that helps to fortify your practice and keep you more uh, earnest and resolved in, in fulfilling it. Um, So these meditation studios, which are beginning to arise, like you said, in New York and L.A., are uh, places where people can come and they'll offer different meditation sessions of various lengths. Some of them are as short as 15 minutes. Some of them will go up to an hour. Um, There'll be different types of uh, intentions for each practice. Some of them are meant to cultivate calm. Some will be more focused on cultivating concentration. Some will be like energy-type meditation. And it's interesting because... um, it is becoming so much more popular uh, meditation. People are really starting to recognize the benefits of it. And to have a place that you could go and just meditate and not feel like you need to be doing really anything else and have the support of both the teacher and the other meditators, I think that's going to be really helpful and catch on. And in this new environment we're in with the uh, pandemic, the idea of social distancing, I think, will also be a lot easier 
for a meditation type practice than it would be, for example, a yoga practice where, you know, you'd be breathing a lot heavier and needing more space with the mats and so forth. That's really cool. Not only has there been this COVID-19 pandemic, but there also is a pandemic with regards to racism and inequality that we're finally dealing with. How can meditation help us to be better and to do better? Well, what I've been hearing a lot through the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests is how important it is for people of privilege to simply listen. And at its core, meditation is about listening. And it's about observing what's happening without trying to influence it in any way or modify it in any way, but just to fully experience and be aware of it. And I believe all of us have within us deeply hardwired reactionary patterns to being in situations that we're not familiar with that cause certain tension or uh, resistance to arise that may modify our body language when we're around people of a different color or people who are minorities, etc. And so when we meditate, what we're doing is we are practicing in silence. So we're practicing in silence and that really amplifies all of the different subtle feelings, sensations, and thoughts that arise so that we can become more and more aware of them in our normal day-to-day life. And I'll just share one short example of how I recognized how meditation was helping me with my subconscious prejudices early in my practice. So 20 years ago when I started practicing, I would notice on a subway ride home how there was someone in the car that uh, I was starting to develop some type of uh, tension or resistance in my body towards. I was feeling uncomfortable for whatever reasons. And as soon as I realized that that was happening, meditation taught me to release it, to let go of it, to come back to my breath and be equanimous. And it changed my body language. And not only did I feel better, but I recognized the other person felt better as well because there was this feeling of openness and calm and as opposed to a defensive type of body language and posture. Wow. So yeah, so meditation is really incredible. And I think it's going to be one of the many um, ways in which society heals itself by helping to draw to the surface and give ourselves the wisdom to navigate through these deeply seated, unconscious, reactionary patterns towards whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be um, racially oriented. It could be fear-oriented or pleasure-oriented. But whatever it is that draws us into these patterns of holding ourselves and identifying with ourselves, meditation is the solvent that will help to dissolve that and make us more open and able to adapt and flow with whatever the situation may be. What a lovely thought and what a lovely thing to aspire to and to actually do, (laughs) to actually take action around. That's really, really amazing. If people want to connect to you, Josh, now in this new incarnation of your Downward Dog meditation classes, Sunday evenings, what time is it and how can people connect? Yeah, well, the class that I'm teaching through Downward Dog has actually been moved to Sundays at 3 p.m. And that is through their website. You would register and just it's a Zoom link. So we do it all through Zoom. And to connect with me personally, I'd be happy to answer any questions or even offer some one-on-one guided sessions or small group sessions through Zoom. And the way to contact me is through my email. So it would be yogawithjosh at yahoo.ca. 
so yoga with Josh at yahoo.ca and I would really welcome and be happy to answer any questions. I think that sounds fantastic, Josh. That really sounds awesome and uh, wonderful for people to be able to get in touch with you and start meditating. We are going to go on another short commercial break. When we come back, we'll meet our featured artist of the week, Tyler Simmons. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. Joining us today is this week's featured artist, and that is the very talented Tyler Simmons. Tyler Simmons is a 20-year-old singer and songwriter. He is currently attending the prestigious Berklee College of Music in the songwriting department as a voice principal. His love for music led him to pursue music as a career in pop alt. Tyler spends much of his time writing independently or collaborating with others to create songs that connect with his growing audience. He has written a fabulous 100 plus songs in the past couple of years and is currently working on an EP. He released recently a song, which you'll hear today, called Five Miles on Spotify and Apple Music with his friend from Berkeley and looks forward to releasing more in the near future. Tyler has had the good fortune of playing on noteworthy stages like Young and Dundas Square, Danforth Music Hall, Bluebird North, House of Blues, The Horseshoe Tavern, as well as others. He has opened for Andy Grammer and Tyler Shaw and has shared stages with Tommy Thayer from Kiss, Teddy Zigzag, Andreadis, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and Sebastian Bach. Other notable successes are a full-paid scholarship to Berkeley's five-week rock workshop, a four-year scholarship to Berkeley, and a musician on Family Channel Disney show called Backstage. Tyler Simmons is not only an exciting artist to watch out for, he is one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. You can follow Tyler on Instagram and on Twitter at Tyler Sim Music, and I'll spell that for you. That's at T-Y-L-E-R-S-I-M-M-U-S-I-C. Here is Tyler Simmons singing his original song, Five Miles. Didn't know that you were leaving tomorrow. Didn't get a warning. Guess I'm gonna go return what I got you. It wasn't what you wanted. You were gone before the leaves at the pavement. It wasn't even morning. Can't escape seeing your face in the water. Scattered in the shades of blue skies. Are waiting and watching her fly. That now all is she'll climb Higher than she'll ever know But she's got five more miles to go Five 
never stopped calling Thought it went unspoken But ever since you crossed the ocean All the waves are frozen I'm standing in your shadows I'm staring at the sun No, I'll never see your rays Our days are over But blue skies are waiting And watching her fly by Mountains that now only she Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you so much, Tyler, for being on our show. We hope you'll come back again when your EP is here. We'd love to have you. As you just heard, each week we spotlight a singer, singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you are a singer and you want to be considered to appear on Finding Your Bliss Radio, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit our online magazine at findingyourbliss.com. And of course, for the latest and the greatest, follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank all of my guests for being here today, Jamie Sable, Josh Cohn, and Tyler Simmons. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. We're going to close out the show today with a short meditation. We have a special treat this week. Josh Cohn will lead us out of the show today with his own meditation. Thank you, Josh. And here is our meditation for the week. Thank you, Judy. My pleasure. Okay, so wherever you're listening, perhaps you're sitting. And if you are sitting, try to have your feet flat on the floor and your sitting bones pressing down into your chair. So you can lift up through your abdomen and support your spine and feel nice and straight and tall. And close your eyes and have your hands either in your lap with your thumbs touching or your hands on your knees, palms down or palms up. And the first thing I like to do is scan my face to see if there's any tension there that I can release. So soften the muscles around your eyes. Soften at your temples. And let your tongue be small. Let it fall right to the bottom of your mouth. And as we do this, we can now pick up on our breath. Notice if you're breathing in more through your right nostril or through your left nostril. And perhaps you can feel the flow of the air over your upper lips. So noticing how when you breathe in, the air is a little cooler than when you breathe out. And feel where does the breath travel in your body? Can you feel the lower abdomen expand on the inhale and contract on the exhale? And just like that, you've brought yourself back into the here and the now. 
And you would just continue to observe your breath as it comes in and as it goes out. And any time that you find your mind wanders, just gently guide it back to your breath and begin again. Thank you, Josh. That was lovely. I was meditating so much. I was starting to fall asleep in such a relaxed way. Thank you so much for that beautiful meditation. And with that, I am Judy Levrack. This has been Finding Your Bliss. And I'm inviting you all to meditate and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.